Hey, this is Max from the Arkells, and you're listening to Underground Sports Philadelphia. What is going on, everybody? Welcome into episode number 560 of Underground Sports Philadelphia, presented by the City of Vineland. It's KB, it's Matt coming at you from Underground Studios. We got a lot to dive into from the Phillies, Eagles, that stupid, stupid basketball team that we are somehow fans of. Uh, And of course, we'll get into the Union as well. But before we get into all of that, make sure you guys are following us on the socials, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, threads, at UndergroundPHI, Facebook.com slash UndergroundSportsPHI. You can watch us live every Wednesday on Twitch.tv slash UndergroundSportsPHI. Follow Matt on Twitter at Matt Castorina. Follow me at KBIZZL311. Subscribe to the podcast feed, Apple, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. Leave a five-star rating and review. It goes a long way for helping this show continue to grow. Gets more ears and eyes on Underground Sports Philadelphia as a whole. So go subscribe on your podcast app of choice. The downloads this summer have been absolutely through the roof. So keep that rolling and uh, be a friend. Tell a friend to uh, subscribe and download the podcast on their podcast app of choice. And subscribe on YouTube. Go to YouTube.com slash underground at underground sports philadelphia that's where you get full video episodes of this show twice a week you get full video episodes of every show on our network clips original video content live streams it's all on our youtube channel youtube.com slash at underground sports philadelphia and like i mentioned this show presented by the city of vineland and the city of vineland municipal calendar features city organized city sponsored and city affiliated events that are of public interest The calendar, which is accessible at vinelandcity.org, is a good way for residents and visitors to build awareness, remain engaged with city government, and participate in local events. You can also follow the City of Vineland on social media via their Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, and YouTube pages. Through these tools, you can stay connected to the community and get important announcements about programs and services offered by the city. Vineland, New Jersey, where it's always growing season. And big thank you to Security 21 Security Systems and Paul J. Gillespie Incorporated for their continued support of this podcast. Matt, what's going on, brother? I am living the dream. Uh, the Philadelphia Phillies uh, almost fulfilled the prophecy of the podcast going 7-3 and three on the homestand. Um, but they go 6-4. and four. They lose game one in unfortunate circumstances up in Toronto last night. Going for a, a two-game series split on Topper's birthday tonight up in Canada. Um, but since we last talked, since we last signed off on a Wednesday, uh, Michael Lorenzen threw a no-hitter. Literally almost uh, in less than an hour after <laughs> we, uh, we signed off, he threw a no-hitter. Yeah kind of unbelievable you know we were talking about how he had a, a good debut and we're looking forward to seeing him you know the rest of the season and that he's such a nice addition and I mean what a what a wonderful way to follow that up so just uh I think reinforcing the point that the Phillies made a 
a good bit. What was the thing you like retweeted something or, or sent me something where it's like four of like it's like Fullerton County. Oh yeah, yeah, high yeah. school or something have all thrown. It was uh, um, no hitters in in baseball. It's like they've only produced four major league players, and all of them have been pitchers, and all of them have have thrown no hitters, uh, which was unbelievable. And I think the craziest me. part is one of the guys that did it in like I think he pitched from like in the early '80s. He only pitched in baseball for three years. Just, Burned out rather than fade away, Kirk Cobain style. Absolutely you know? just, insane. Just throw heat the entire time, but yeah, it's it, it's obviously great, and um, I think not capped off, but I think it was just another like sort of mile marker in what a, a really good like last month and a half it's been for the Phillies, and that they seem to have really started to to get themselves together. Now they followed that up with a pretty disappointing weekend series against the Twins, um, and like you said, you you hope to split against Toronto, but. I, I think the the nice thing is when you look around you know, their competition, you look at the the other teams in the wild card. The Phillies are outpacing all of them. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, obviously, again, a uh, few bad results the last few games, but for the most part, you know, the Phillies have, have really gained a lot of ground on those teams and and put a, a good cushion between them. And that's what we're hopeful for. You know, when we were talking about in the preseason, what we wanted this team it was just to be in the playoffs again. I don't think we were under any illusions that this team was going to win the division. Maybe we thought that you know, with the additions they made in the off season the division might be more competitive. It's not. Uh, um, well, actually, I guess in a technical sense, everything outside of first place is more competitive. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it was all about just making the playoffs, and they've put themselves in a really good position now with like a month and a half left in the season to do that, which is a, a really nice thing. Um, and, you know, they, they were not in this position last year. They were chasing, you know, all the way up until, you know, almost the penultimate game of the season. So uh, the fact that they're in a much stronger position now in part because uh, everyone else chasing the wild card is, is maybe a step below you know what we were seeing last year um, is, is a really good spot to be in. Yeah, those four pitchers, Michael Lorenzen, obviously one of them, Hall of Famer Walter Johnson, Steve Busby, and then three years in the majors, Mike Warren from 1983 to 1985. Unbelievable. That's just crazy. That's crazy <laughs> to me. It was, it was, they've only produced four players, and they've all thrown no-hitter. That's insane just something in the water i guess i don't know <laughs> um but yeah i think you know they, they i was at friday's game too with with taiwan walker's uh charity event which was phenomenal uh the phillies put out that they raised thirty thousand dollars um for turning points for kids which benefits kids in foster care and taiwan's matching every dollar so they're gonna get sixty thousand dollars they have the offensive outburst and then they do that typical phillies thing where after that happens, the bats go cold for X amount of days. If they want to keep that pace that they have right now in this wild card, like that has been the huge benefit of building, you know, that that lead in the wild card is these moments like this where the bats go cold, the pitching kind of, you know, squanders a little bit. You have to get back to a more consistent pace offensively. Like last night, yes, they lose two to one. Sir Anthony, you know, hits the the one batter to to bring in the the winning run for the Blue Jays but when your top seven guys are going 0 for 24 that tells the other half of the story the Phillies lineup is way too good to only be producing one run in a game yeah absolutely um yeah it, it's it there's a lot of frustrating moments over the last like five six days um you have the boom missed call <laughs> which I think was just a a row killer and you know Sir Anthony last night uh I don't want to say like unforced errors, but you know, like it, it's, it's something like that. And, and those are definitely the frustrating moments, but 
I think you have those all throughout a, a baseball season. Like it's so hard to make it through a full year without finding moments where you're incredibly frustrated or over the moon. You know, like it's it's constantly I think just like peaks and valleys um, when you're not just like the Dodgers or uh, the the Braves. Like through the the regular season, it's just always it's always a bit of a slog. But um, you know, like we said, you know, the Phillies went out the trade deadline and made uh, moves that really encouraging and you've seen that pay off um like we were saying with Lorenzo and the no hitter but but even outside of that i think it gives you so much more flexibility uh you know as, as you come to the end and i think you're you're being seen, seeing someone like rojas like come on and you know fill in for for brandon marsh in such an extremely positive way is another great thing so you know, obviously the results uh not great but i think what you're seeing from the players is definitely you know uh encouraging Yes, you know. Do you hope that uh, you know Trey Turner figures it out uh, as we as we get to the playoffs? Sure, but um, you know, I, I think in general uh, the team's in, in a good spot, and it's been a lot of work of their own too. And who would have thought ovations work? Because um, Trey has been <clears throat> phenomenal since that game, and who knows if that's just coincidence or or what may be. But hopefully that continues. I d- it does beg the question. You know, last night with Sir Anthony, can the Phillies trust Sir Anthony Dominguez in the playoffs? Um, because right now, and the way he's pitched this year, I don't think you can even trust to bring him in in a high leverage situation, a la last night. I I think you you can, but it's not. It's maybe not as a, as lockstep as it's been in years past. Um, I think the Phillies have an, an interesting playoffs to consider because you know you're you're very likely going to be you know in the wild card game you know um so three games you obviously know Aaron uh Nola and Zach Wheeler are are your number your your number one number two right there in a potential game three I like I don't know Taiwan has been great um but I still think there's moments it's that first inning it's that first inning and you know that could that could be a crucial first inning like I this team has like the flexibility in uh pitching to like play to matchups, um, which is a good thing. You know, I think we're in a stronger position than we were last year with pitching, and you know, I, I think that's that's honestly like uh, one of our biggest upgrades coming in into a potential playoffs this year. Um, I don't, I wouldn't say that I don't trust Sir Anthony Dominguez, but I think last year I was much more confident in him. Um, I think it's you know it's the nature of the position too. It's not a you. Know, year on year you're not guaranteed the same performances mm-hmm. out of guys and that's why you pay the big bucks for those guys that can do it you know and um the phillies have tried that approach a lot over the years and it's blown up in their face quite a bit you know because it's just to me like being a relief pitcher being being a closer are just um it's such a uh, there's a little bit of randomness to it and i think it's it's an incredibly taxing job and a lot of times thankless too so uh it's not an easy position to, to play and perform that but I don't know how I feel about Sir Anthony going into that. I, I, I feel good about our pitching. I don't, I don't love, and feel like completely stress free though. You know, mm-hmm. outside of outside of Nola and Wheeler, and I think we're really going to be dependent on them being at their top level. And um, you're probably going to even see this rotation thin out now. You know, like it's and even with Nola, you're like at bated breath, hoping he doesn't give up a home run this year. Right, Nola does have. The, and typically that's later in the games, um, but he does have the, the self-destruct button, which we've seen over the years, which is, uh, you know, fascinating <laughs> sometimes to watch. But I do think, you know, the Phillies are, you know, the, there's been a lot of talk about them, like, shortening the rotation now because 
you know, yes, they're going to give guys maybe an extra rest day or two over the rest of the season, but, um, you know, pitchers are like, uh, very particular creatures and, and like the, uh, kind of routines that they get in. So you pitchers have talked a lot about having like those extra days rest constantly actually like mess with them and it isn't good for their, uh, you know, the, the way they like to, to prepare for games. So, um, it does give them that, that, that like flexibility though. And, and again, they didn't have this last year. Um, you know, we were, <laughs> we were, ob- we were bringing Bailey Falter and an NLCS last year, you know, like, and that's, um, that's just kind of what this team was. And I, I think it is, it is a different situation, but yeah, trust is definitely a hard word, but you listen, like I didn't trust the pitching last year all that much outside of Nolan Wheeler. And it still got us very far. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't think at no point last year in the playoffs did I really think too, that this team's pitching was bad. Um, you know, were, were there moments here and there would I, I would have liked it to, to be better. Sure. But I, I don't, you're always going to be like looking for perfection no matter what. So, um, yeah, I, I feel largely good, but there's definitely some apprehension. Yeah. Cause I look at Sir Anthony's numbers this year and they're by far the worst of his career so far. He's got a four, two, four ERA. And I know a lot of people, you know, ERA isn't everything, but you look at the fielding independent pitching, which for a pitcher like Sir Anthony, who over the years has been known to get those strikeouts, fit measures stats of a pitcher's effectiveness at preventing home runs, walks, hit by pitches and causing strikeouts, that kind of tells you the tale uh, of a pitcher more so than the ERA. When your FIP is higher than your ERA, that's not great. Sir Anthony's FIP is a 4.68, and his walks and hits per innings pitch is at a 1.6. Um, this team desperately needs Jose Alvarado back. That's for sure. Um, and it's almost like one of those things, if you see Dylan Covey coming into a game, it's like, okay, they're waving the white flag. It's the JT Real Muto uh, gif. Uh, that's, yeah. <laughs> um, but they, they just need to be more consistent out of the bullpen. They need more consistency from, you know, the Taiwan Walkers, the Ranger Suarez, even Aaron Nola. You know, Nola has not had a particularly standout contract type of season this year. It's almost every single game he's giving up some sort of clutch home run to the other team. He's got to be more dialed in. Like the the pitch clock excuses out the window. Like it's mid August now, and you still haven't figured some things out. You need to be the pitcher that you know you can be because, you know, ESPN put that article out I think last week or the week before for the top ten baseball free agents and what their contracts could look like this off season. Going into this off season and into spring training, Nola's agent was like, "Oh yeah, he's going to get a two hundred million dollar contract." The projected contract that Aaron Nola is now going to get this offseason, according to this article, is five years, $110 million. Similar to the Kevin Gausman contract, who is the <laughs> the opponent tonight. For, it's, a, it's a funny way that that, is, uh, that all uh, turned out. Yeah, Nola, Nola is a little bit perplexing at times because he is, uh, he is dominant but does have these these bumps that you don't want out of like a, a top-level ace. Mm-hmm. Um, but, it, yeah, I... I hesitate to say like peaks and valleys with him because the valleys really aren't as bad. I think as you know, everyone, everyone overrates their prospects and over kind of extrapolates or over analyzes the bad moments of, of their favorite players or, you know, the, the players on their team. Um, I think Nola is like a victim of that sometimes. Um, I would resign him at that contract personally. Like I, I think, I think you keep Nola. Oh, yeah. But, um, yeah. I, I think it just goes to show too that like, you know, I think pitching in general is is 
there's always weird valuation. <clears throat> I I feel like every offseason there's a guy that gets, in my mind, I really overpaid. I think Blake Snell was actually higher rated than mm-hmm. him in that uh Blake Snell is gonna get an insane contract. He's gonna get like two hundred fifty, two hundred seventy five million dollars. And I don't think he's you know, and it, it's not even close to I, worth I don't that. think he's worth that at all. And I, I think, you know, it's similar with Zach Wheeler. You know, like he's he's in the market the same time as Patrick Corbin and he gets and less Garrett money Cole. and Garrett Cole and he's arguably you know Garrett Cole's been very good too but you know I, I think Zach Wheeler's been the best out of those three has, has Garrett Cole been to a world series with the Yankees <laughs> no no I, think I so. Garrett's been good but I I I I think Wheeler has really really especially if you're t- talking like pound for pound like mm-hmm. how much you've, you've paid for them by far yeah. you know is uh is the best out of the group so I don't know you know I I don't know all the time what goes into baseball player valuation. Uh, it seems like a lot of math. <laughs> and, uh, you know, maybe there's something in the numbers that tells people that Nola is not as valuable. But um, I still think he's at worst, you know, no matter who the Phillies sign, always going to be a great number two or mm-hmm. an amazing number three. Like, I, unless, we're, unless we're signing someone really big, you know, in the next two, three years, like, he's always going to be that figure. And, um, yeah, I, I'd be fine breaking it back. Yeah, especially at that. No, like if if five one ten is on the table, you sign that contract every single day of the week for Aaron Nola. Um, the, I mean the the way that this rotation is shaken out too. Like I was at, at Friday and Sunday's game. Ranger Suarez has had his his peaks and valleys this year too, coming off the injury, and I think Sunday was the best he's looked. Just from a, a consistency standpoint and the way his pitches were moving, he had a couple unfortunate you know moments giving up the home run early and then uh, just another like freak run that was the result of the game pretty much outside of you know the home plate umpire being a triple A umpire um, and making two just unbelievable game altering plays. Um, but it is going to be interesting when it comes down to it, like how the Phillies decide to shake out this rotation when it gets closer to the playoffs because obviously Wheeler's going to be your ace and then it's a matter of you know do you want to go Nola do you want to go Walker do you want to go Suarez Lorenzen like how do you want to and I think it's a good problem to have for this team we talked about that when they acquired Michael Lorenzen is like you now have such a good problem to have with the guys that were here plus Christopher Sanchez still pitching extremely well um so I think the Phillies having options out of the rotation is one of the biggest benefactors of the Lorenzen trade as a whole. Yeah. And I mean, you get to the end of the season too, and the Phillies were able to do this last year as well, where um, maybe not as firmly in control and it's a lot is left to be decided. So it's, it's too early to say this definitively, but the Phillies could really be able to set their lineup how they want going into the playoffs, which is a big advantage. You mm-hmm. know, if you're able to go into a wild card series that you could potentially be hosting, because the Phillies you know, would, would potentially be as it is um, hosting that wild card series. And you're able to, to set it so you have your preferred number one and number two going in. Like that's that is a really really nice thing to be able to do. Um, and you know, I, I I think again, you know, it. I think at worst they're a wild card team again. You like I, I really I I can't see this team falling out of the the, the playoff picture. Should be very very frustrating and alarming if they did. Um, I would like them to, to keep their foot on the gas through the rest of the season and, and finish in that top spot because you also don't know what's going to happen with number one and number two in, in, in the National League. Now, I think no matter what series between the, the – if you advance between the Braves and Dodgers, you're going to be the underdog, but they were the underdog against the Braves last year too, and it, it didn't matter. They, they were the underdog going into the Cardinals series. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I, I think a lot of times like playoff baseball – 
a lot of the regular season stuff just does go out the window. We, we've seen that time and time again. Um, and, you know, it, it doesn't necessarily matter if you're a 100-plus win team. Uh, you can uh, get scrapped just as easily as, as anyone else. And we all know the Miami Marlins are the dumbest team on the planet Earth. Mm-hmm. So they'll probably end up winning that wild card series against the Brewers, and then they'll go into uh, a series against the Dodgers and pull that upset. And then it'll be uh, Phillies Braves 2.0 in the NLDS, and then we'll have to go to our House of Horrors in Miami for an NLCS. That would be hilarious. It's it's going to be a, it's going to be a Marlins year, isn't it? Somehow, ridiculous. Um, I do say when the Marlins make the playoffs, it's usually that's curtains usually. So, <laughs> oh man, I I don't even want to have to fathom. Although I mean, you know, game one is probably in the bag because it'd be Sandy Alcantara, and we always know how to figure him out. Yeah, he will pitch a perfect game and get pulled uh, in between the 8th and ninth inning, and uh, we will win the game uh, 2-1. That's what we need. Um, before we keep the, the baseball talk pushing, our awesome merch partners, PHI Apparel Company, through. By the time you guys are listening to this on podcast or YouTube, or if you're watching live right now, you can use code NONO22 through August 17th to get 22% off all baseball merch at phiapparel.co. Uh, you can stand out in the crowd with their awesome baseball, football, the Philly Dog shirt, uh, or your Underground Sports Philadelphia Podcast Network shirts. Uh, working on some stuff to send over to them very, very soon. Uh, so some new merch should be up within the next week or so, hopefully. And uh, you can stand out in the crowd, whether you're going to CBP, going to the link for, for tailgating or for football season. Um I don't know if you want to go to the other arena right now, the state of uh, affairs with that one team, but you can stand out for sure. And when you go to check out at phiapparel.co, use our code underground at any time for 10% off any and all merch orders. It's the most effective and direct way to support everything we're doing here at Underground Sports Philadelphia. So go get your merch, phiapparel.co, code underground for 10% off your merch orders. Um out of the clouds, it seemed, Matt, I wanted to just get your thoughts because it is taking the baseball world by storm, this Wander Franco story. I was so lost um, because I saw a tweet about it that had not been caught up on uh... – I really – it's still – I'm not totally clear. what. Like, there was a picture of him with a girl that is believed to be underage. Uh, never, never a situation that you should put yourself in. No. Um, but I did see that he took – and this is always smart. Uh, he took to Instagram Live to defend himself. Um, I'm sure everyone within the Tampa Bay Rays organization was very happy that he did that. They probably told him, like, hey, you know what would really help this? If you go on Instagram Live, just clear IG it live, up. baby. Just clear it up for everyone. Uh, certainly no one is going gonna, is gonna, is gonna to be upset by that. Or it's certainly not going to make it look even more suspicious or more guilty. Um, especially, you know, th- have someone thrown a line to that people are out there looking for money. That is always... It's a really good thing. So, I don't know. I, <laughs> it's bizarre. Um, and if it's true, he's a terrible human. And, yeah. Uh, I, it's a. <laughs> it's an ongoing it's, it's, alleged. <laughs> yeah. It's it's one of those things thing. that you just kind of have to do a double take when you see the news because it's uh it's it feels so excuse the pun out of left field like yes. it's just it's unbelievable and it's one of those things that um apparently like allegedly said girl. Uh, 
claims she was 18 when she's 14. The the mother of the girl approved of it, and apparently the mother was trying to um, exploit Wander Franco for money and vehicles. Um, and then when he did not comply, that's when this all took to the internet. Um, but Major League Baseball is apparently all over it, and there are... Um, the powers that be in the Dominican Republic from, uh, you know, attorneys, lawyers, and, and people that deal in this space are handling it. So on the surface, it is not looking great for, for Wander Franco. Um, and I mean, one thing, you know, outside of that whole situation that I have noticed because, uh, of playing fantasy baseball too, the Tampa Bay Rays start off the season so well this year. They fall out of first place. But have you noticed, Matt, that every Rays pitcher, one way or another, season ending, season ending Tommy, Tommy John, John Shane McClanahan got it. Um, yeah. Glass now has had it. Yeah. They had, I had um, Springer. Sp- yeah. He, uh, he had season ending injury too. Tough. I don't know what it is. But you know what? They will just uh, <laughs> they'll just plant some more seeds and and find uh, and find more somehow. That's what it's they do. Insane. Um, but you know, ongoing investigation with Major League Baseball, which is just crazy. Um, so we'll see what happens there. And um, let's take a look at the NL East and Major League Baseball run differentials. That was brought to you by our friends over at Wasted Wedge. A new age of golf has arrived, and if you're looking to be the talk and envy of your group and create memories with your friends and family, look no further than their lineup of Wasted Wedge products and merchandise. These Wasted Wedges are a blast to drink shots out of on and off the course, and you guys can check them out at WastedWedge.com or follow them on Instagram and Facebook at Wasted Wedge. And through the end of the month, you can use code SUMMER23 for National Golf Month and get free shipping on all of your orders from WastedWedge.com. That's code SUMMER23 at WastedWedge.com for free shipping on all orders from our pals over at Wasted Wedge. Matt, <laughs> so I was just trying to find – I'm sorry. I was just trying to find like more about the Wanda Franco. Um, and this was uh, – the Rays like made a statement like, the, you know, like during today's game we're made aware of the situation, whatever. Um, this is just – Sunday's promotion at Tropicana Field oh, was the yeah. Wander Franco snapback hat for fans 14 and under. Uh-huh. That is cosmically just terrible yet hilarious timing. I mean, that is – that's unbelievable. I'll, I'll give you one more. Um, our good pal Pat Pitts sent this to me. This was on Twitter. Uh, this was an, an unfortunate insert card from Tops this year. <laughs> This is youth invasion. Man, that is uh that's tough. That is that is tough. <laughs> that might be one of those cards though, and not to be again, to be too dark. That might end up being like worth something. You know how there's like yeah. the uh the Menendez twins uh-huh. that are on the, the Knicks card? Um like one of those things, you know. There's like, the uh the Billy Ripkin yeah. uh, card where the, the bat knob says fuck you. Yeah. Man, baseball, 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 baseball. Unreal. Um, the Atlanta Braves just keep doing the thing. They have scored 700 runs this year. They now have a plus 206 run differential on the season at 77 and 42. 
The Phillies at 65 and 55, uh, 12 and a half games back in the division, um, two and a half up in the wild card with that number one wild card spot. Phillies have scored the second most runs in the division, though, at 551 for a plus 32 run differential. The Miami Marlins still hanging around, still being the dumbest team in baseball at 63 and 58. Uh, they have scored the least amount of runs in the division and have a negative 37 run differential and an expected win loss of 57 and 64. And then we have the dumbest, most expensive team of all time, the New York Mets at 55 and 66. I actually think they're the smartest. I think <laughs> what they're doing is actually really smart. They should do it for the next, I don't know, 79 years. That's about four go rounds of cicadas. Mm-hmm. You're good to go. Um, Mets have scored the second fewest runs in the division, but not by much at 526. They have a negative 49 run differential and they're barely holding off the nationals. It was great. Unfortunately, the Mets won on Sunday night baseball this past Sunday, but going into the recording when I was pulling up the, uh, the standings for major league baseball, the Mets were in last place. It's hilarious. It was great. It's wonderful. Um, also, do you find it weird that Max Scherzer and Justin Verlander have to keep coming out and making statements about what the Mets are doing? Uh, I haven't paid any attention. To I, that, I saw but... this. Verlander like, tweeted um, just like his thoughts on... When you're a part of a natural disaster or some kind of terrible event and you're like a survivor, you know... People naturally are going to gravitate towards you and want to get an interview to know what your thoughts were as the, the plane was crashing or the volcano was erupting or there was that big earthquake. And, you know, it's just it's only normal, I think, to, to want to get those those voices heard. Extremely weird. that This occurs, what, two and a half weeks since the trade deadline. Uh, Justin Verlander in an effective notes app. I want to say that I have nothing but respect for the Mets organization, and I enjoyed connecting with all of my teammates this season, dot, 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 new and old. It truly was a wonderful group of people. That being said, we all know the success of a team is made up of more than just the players on the field. Everyone's input is valuable. I'm sorry to hear that a staff member took offense to constructive criticism on how we could improve, wishing nothing but the best for the Mets moving forward. Okay. I mean, why would you say that? What do you mean by that? What story are you getting out in front of when you say that? Like, you're not a part of the team anymore. Yeah, I don't know. Just very weird behavior. Um, the stolen franchise, Washington Nationals, who are somehow just keeping it interesting at the bottom of the division. They're 53-67. and 67. Um, They have scored 521 runs this season, but they are part of the 600-plus runs against club. Uh, and have given up 611 for a negative 90 run differential in the Nationals. Oh, man, this is great. We, we are approaching, Matt, um, <laughs> a new runs against leader. New deaths that have not yet been reached. The Colorado Rockies. This is James Cameron going down to the Marriott. Have Street. joined a new club. The Colorado Rockies have cleared the 600 level. They are at 700 runs against. Deeply unserious team. Negative 183 run differential for the worst in the National League. The only other club with negative 700 plus is the Oakland Athletics, who have given up 717 runs. The Rockies could could tie the Athletics theoretically in one game. 
We've seen teams score 17 runs in a night. <clears throat> Could happen. Uh, but the A's are approaching the negative 300 zone in terms of run differential. They're at a negative 290 uh, on the season as opposed to the first-place team in their division, the Texas Rangers, who are 72-48, and 48, who have a plus-197 run differential, the second-best in all of baseball, only behind the Braves. And it looks like the Braves are the only team so far this year to have scored 700 runs. I just wanted to look it up. The most runs allowed by a team in a season. This is since 1962. Uh, the Detroit Tigers in 1996 allowed 1,103 <sighs> runs. The 1999 Colorado Rockies, 1,028. The Rockies actually make up quite a four of like this top. Uh, I don't know how many teams this is, uh, but like four, like the top 12 or 13. Wow. Which I mean, does in some ways make sense yeah. because of like their their home field disadvantage, <laughs> I guess. Um, two of like the worst teams ever uh, were the 2019 Rockies and the 2019 Orioles. Uh, and then the 2021 Orioles are also on this list. So. Wow. Orioles, Orioles, <laughs> Orioles, Rangers, and Rockies show up on this list quite a bit. What a crew. Yeah. I'm. We have, what, about a month? The Rangers actually show up on this like top list the same amount of times. There's four Rangers seasons, and there's four Rocky seasons. And uh, two Orioles seasons. And we have about a month and a half left of the season. How many more runs... Could could the A's hit the one K club, ah. or the Rockies at the? At, I think at that's that a matter. I think that's a big ask. You got like six weeks of baseball left. Let's see. As the Phillies have taken the lead on a sacrifice fly by Jake Cave to bring in the boy Nick Castellanos. Um, I just want to see what their schedules are, respectively. How many games do they have left? Let's see. Uh, so the A's are 33 and 87. <laughs> Christ. So they have 42 games left. The A's do. And the Rockies are 46 and 75. So they have 41 games left. Okay, so if they need to make up... They need to allow, like, average 7.3 runs a night to do that um i don't know that feels like a big ask let's personally. just see who's on the schedule remaining for these teams all right so the a's they wrap up against the cardinals tonight um then they have three games against baltimore three games against kansas city Four games against the White Sox and three games against Seattle to end mm. the month of August. Not not ideal. Not the not the gauntlet that you want. Then they have three games against the Angels, three against Toronto, then they go on the road, three against the Rangers, three against the Astros. Then they have San Diego, Seattle, Detroit. Minnesota and the Angels to end. It would, t- it would take quite a bit. Uh, they're so the Rockies for the season are on average having uh, allowing five point eight runs per game. So they'd have to they'd have to have a pretty bad bad stretch, I think, to get there. And the Rockies' remaining schedule is the Chicago White Sox, Tampa Bay Rays, Baltimore Orioles, Atlanta Braves, Toronto, Arizona, San Francisco, Chicago, San Francisco. And the Chicago is the Cubs, uh, San Diego, the Cubs, the Dodgers, the Twins. 
uh, there's a lot of wild card teams in there. I, I'm actually I'm actually cool. I'm actually cool now. I think the Rockets are good. I think they turn it around. <laughs> I actually think they should beat the Giants. Some big boppers. In actually, there. I would actually love it if they beat the Giants. That'd be nice. That'd be real nice. That'd be cool for me. So, the uh, the wild card standings though. Um, Phillies have a, a two and a half game lead on the Giants, and it's the Giants, the Marlins, uh, in that last wild card spot, and then it is the Cubs, the Reds. The Diamondbacks kind of holding on for the teams that are two games or less. Uh, then you have the the Padres who are five and a half back, and then it kind of falls off a cliff there with the Mets, Cardinals, Pirates, Nationals, and Rockies. Do you think it, is it going to be the Marlins that get that last wild card spot? I, th- I think the last wild card spot is pretty open still. Um, you know, just just looking at it as it stands right now, you've got Phillies, Giants, Marlins, Marlins capturing that spot. There's like teams kind of just hanging on though. You got the Cubs, Reds, and Diamondbacks all in the mix. I don't think you can necessarily count out the Padres either. Mm-hmm. Like they're not dead to me. Um, they're on life support. But. They, they, yeah, definitely. Uh, the problem with all those teams is they just have they've not been consistent. I mean, right. like most of those teams are going to end up a few games above 500 or add 500. And you look at those four teams that are outside looking in. They didn't do nearly enough at the trade deadline no. to help their team get better. Like the Reds were on this like historic tear, and it's like okay, the Reds could be buyers. Like, let's see what they do. The, it would be fun to have the Reds back in. You know, Ellie De La Cruz is you know the new face of of the youth movement of baseball, and they did nothing yep. at the deadline to help themselves. The Cubs kind of just held pat, um, didn't really make a, a move one way or another that kind of moved the needle. They held on to Cody Bellinger. Um, which, you know, without him, who knows where they are. The Diamondbacks didn't really do much either. They were kind of in that similar boat as the Reds, where it's like, all right, the Diamondbacks are, you know, they're in the mix. Let's see what they do. And then post-trade deadline, they've fallen off a cliff. And then the Padres have kind of just been a a disappointment all season because that's what's in. Um, But, I mean, the Marlins made moves. They went and got bats that they needed. The Giants... They went and got some bats at the deadline as well. Their pitching has been great this year, especially in the bullpen. And then the Phillies went and got Michael Lorenzen to, to bolster their rotation. And then it's kind of just like, hey, we have the hitters. Go do your job. Right. Um, it is going to be war flashbacks, though, when we are sitting down in October and hosting the San Francisco Giants from the the ghosts of 2010's past along with Gabe Kapler coming back in a wild card series. I uh, listen. That's why home field advantage is so important for the Phillies too. You don't want to go to San You don't want to have to get on a plane to go to San Francisco for two or three games. And you want the home field advantage of Citizens Bank Park booing the ever-living shit out of Gabe Kapler trickling into the Giants team as a whole. I heard he might pull the pitcher first inning, so I think you can get him to do that. That'd be great. Um, you better be careful on those team hotels. Heard uh, <laughs> wouldn't want him to have a crisis of judgment. <laughs> Live casino would not be able to withstand that. No, they would not. Um, but yeah, right now Phillies, third best team in the National League, can't beat it. You know. Dodgers and, and Braves are going to do what they do, and if you're staying above water and, and holding on to that first wild card spot, you that's what you got to do. The Phillies got to beat.
be the number one wild card this year. I agree. Um, let's shift from baseball to uh, the dumbest team not named the Miami Marlins, Matt. It's uh, the Philadelphia 76ers. Brought to you by our pals at Kenwood Beer because we're going to need tons of Kennys uh, to get through the rest of this offseason and what's to come with this organization. Uh, you can go to KenwoodBeer.com, use the Kenny tracker, see who's got Kennys on tap in the Philadelphia or Pittsburgh areas. You can also purchase it at your local Philadelphia area liquor stores. Light bodies, light calories, plenty of flavor. 4.1% ABV, just 120 calories, 8 grams of carbs. Got to be 21 or older to do so. And, of course, please drink responsibly. Uh, Matt, apparently Daryl Morey is a liar, and James Harden knows his geopolitics. Yeah. Um, Got to be honest, I did not expect a Dennis Rodman-esque uh, uh, ambassadorship <laughs> role for, uh, for James Harden. But I got to tell you, uh, I'm getting real close to just giving these boys the Flyers treatment. Uh, you're just dead to me. I <laughs> I have nothing to do with you. I don't know who you are anymore. But yeah, it's uh, listen. This entire situation is incredibly clear to me. James Harden last summer took a friendly deal for the Sixers. The idea that he was going to emphasis on friend, right? <laughs> um, which did allow the Sixers to make some additional roster moves. Uh, in the hopes that that would mean that the roster was better, more complete, and a little more deep. And I think that was definitely with the idea that James would be rewarded with a, a, a max contract this summer. However, James Harden proceeded to do several things. One, he sucked. Mm -hmm. uh, he was not great in the regular season. Um, you know, he had obviously great assist numbers. But on Christmas, we get reports about him going back to Houston. And this is like, this is a thing all the way through, even into May. And he stinks it up in the playoffs. Again, has terrible, terrible elimination game performances. He had like three good games in the playoffs. And then finds out that Houston, who he had been flirting with openly, obviously not himself, right? But I mean, we heard it from all of the, the most plugged in people. We're just tweeting about it all the time about how uh, it certainly seemed like all signs are, but like, it was the same wording that Woj tweets about draft picks mm -hmm. that he has to keep it vague because he's not allowed to just say certainly like he, here's who's getting picked. Like the Rockets are lasering in, yeah, on acquiring on, James Harden. And then I, I think Udoka did not want James Harden, which because the entire time James Harden to the Rockets did not make much sense to mm -hmm. me uh, with their timeline, and I, I it, was, it was a bizarre choice. But it seemed very certainly like it was going to happen. It did not happen. I think because the Rockets were like, no, <laughs> we're actually not going to pay you. Now he has no leverage anymore. And yeah, it, it doesn't suck maybe. Maybe Darren Moore did lie to him. I wouldn't be surprised if he did. But that's also the game, man. Like, I, I don't know. You also opted back into your contract. Exactly. You just walked. That's the number that's, one that thing is like, from this. Listen, again, maybe Darren Moore did lie. I, I Again, totally believable that's true. However, you did not have to opt back into this team. If you, were, if you really wanted to go... And you get a long-term contract. Maybe you're not going to get a max deal, but if, if you wanted to go, at least go to where you wanted to, which is, I guess, L.A. and go play there on the vet minimum, I guess, because that's actually, when you get to the playoffs, that's how you play, is like a, a veteran minimum mm -hmm. player. But you opted back in. <laughs> you you had no leverage, and then you opted option. in contractually to have zero leverage. Like, you're on a contract now. I, I don't know what to tell you. I, I, I'm sorry. I it's It's so frustrating as a fan because... And this is, I think, one of the, the biggest problems of the NBA of the last like six or seven years is that players will be on these contracts 
and Harden did thus. It's like if they'll cheat with you, they will cheat on you. You know, like it's it's the same thing. Like they will demand and kick up their feet. You're seeing it with Damian Lillard this summer. Ben Simmons did it. Ben Simmons did it. Like he's trying to force his way out. Well, guess what? There's like Kawhi no one. There's there's no one that's interested in acquiring you. No one is giving a reasonable deal. Like you're gonna just have to play. I, I don't. It's a really toxic situation. Um, and. I, I got to tell you, it's just, it's exhausting already. And it just, it, it makes me just hope for like Eagle season, even though I'm not even like a big Eagles fan, just because that's like the ultimate distraction. Need Red is October. The, is Jalen Hurts <laughs> being back. And yeah, they get to like a, hopefully like a nice Phillies postseason type of thing. And, you know, and Union go on a run. Wow. Talk about toxic and choking. <laughs> but um, I just think for me, it's, it's, it's a really frustrating situation. And uh, it's, I just I'm so tired of it. I'm so tired of every offseason having these like these storylines. This is definitely I think the most toxic of all the the things so far that we've had to deal with. But um, yeah, it's and this is not the first team that Harden has done this to. I don't mm-hmm. even necessarily feel this is a hundred percent like the Sixers have done wrong here. Do I think the Sixers probably messed up here? I think they they deserve some blame. Um, I think it's no coincidence that the Sixers have had such like tenuous relationships with players and they've had all these issues and they've been mismanaged over the last few years I, I think that is a front office and ownership issue um I think Daryl Morey has to be very careful because if he plays his wrong he's out of a job and I think Daryl Morey's stock has really fallen in this mm-hmm. time with the Sixers um he's made some good moves I think he's saying I, I think it's just in general he had this kind of very very high reputation and positive reputation coming out of houston i don't think anyone blamed him for the situation ending the way that it did um but i i i do think that uh this this could be a real setback for him and so i don't know how he's gonna play it james harden says uh this can go even lower that he can make this even more like it's that uh (laughs) it's that jane lynch meme from glee like i will create an environment (laughs) that is so toxic like I right. saw I saw somebody made a meme that said, "James, how uncomfortable are you will, willing to get?" And it was just Kyrie Irving. I mean, honestly, that's just. At least Kyrie has showed up in the playoffs so far. <laughs> Kyrie's also responding to Woj tweets about this, and it's just like Jesus Christ. We have fucking Kyrie now chiming in, using Woj's government names, calling him Adrian. I have the worst fucking attorneys. Like that is, <laughs> that is what this is turning into. Here's here's a fun little rundown. This is every off season since 2013 for the Sixers with a nice little <sighs> Christ. headline. 2013 traded 21 year old All Star point guard to tank. 2014 drafted two players who wouldn't play. 2015 drafted their third straight center. 2016 hired their advisor's son to run the team. 2017 number one pick loses the ability to shoot a basketball. 2018, GM trash star player on Twitter under burner accounts, hired a new GM with no experience. 2019, traded Jimmy Butler. 2020, coach fired, hired new coach, then hired new GM. 2021, star point guard demands trade. 2022, investigated for tampering. 2023, star point guard demands trade. That's brought to you by the amazing Derek Bodner. Yeah, well, so is next summer. I can't wait to see how this team disappoints me this year. That's the nice thing. Yenemby took uh, processing in Philadelphia of his bio. That's a good. That's always good stuff when you get that kind of Change thing. Pro- that, he's ready for football season, and that becomes the uh, and that becomes just the, the the narrative for the next few days is what's happening there. But it's awesome, man. I gotta tell you, it is just so much fun being a Sixers fan. It is just so worth it. I think the the one positive is that Joel finally got rid of the 
NFT profile picture. Um, I forgot how unlikable this team has been over the last few seasons. It's just annoying. He, like this, uh, this has been a nice distraction for that, but man. He did add a new location to his Twitter profile, which is the capital of Cameroon. Good. Awesome. I guess that's in response to Team USA trying to get him to play <laughs> for them. And then uh, just remember, we're not acrobats. Shout out PJ Tucker, also standing in solidarity with James Harden because where James goes, PJ goes. Well, I mean, if one of my best friends got me paid like that <laughs> at like 37, I would also, you know what? I would also do the exact same thing. You know what? I would do a lot worse than post a supportive Instagram story of my friend for that kind of money. I and who would have thought, who would have thought of all people, the newest Sixer would be the one to understand us the most in this situation because. Uh, did you see Pat Bev's tweet? I did not. So Patrick Beverly on Twitter um, went and quote tweeted. On a, um, so obviously Pat Bev has a podcast on Barstool's podcast network and quote tweeted uh, Dave Portnoy who said, RIP at Sixer season, you had a good run, bunch of laughing emojis. And Patrick Beverly quote tweeted and said, not nah, chill, Philly thrives in adversity. I, we actually don't. We don't. We actually really Other don't. teams in the city do, but... I would actually say almost no Philly sports team thrives in adversity, actually. I, I'm going to be honest. Well, we, are not a, we are not a sports city that seems to... The last adversity we thrived in was uh, Super Bowl 52. I, yeah, I mean, we were technically underdogs, but I, 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 outside of that, there wasn't adversity. I guess, you know, that, that was the only team that, that did rise above it anyway. I mean, you lose your starting quarterback, but I don't know. This has not historically been a, a city of dogs, if I'm being totally honest. In fact, like this, like we found a way to lose three sports championships in like a six month window. I don't know. The Union had their most important, most viewed, biggest game of their entire club's history and got absolutely demolished within like 35 minutes last night. I don't know, man. I'm just starting to think that maybe, maybe we're soft. Maybe that's what it is. Oh, this fucking team. Maybe maybe they should just go play this season in the Color Star metaverse. Maybe that's yeah. what James Harden's doing in China. Yeah. Yeah. Well, he said he sold 10,000 bottles of wine in, in five uh, minutes. In five minutes. Cool. That's awesome. He's just gearing up for his QVC career. I'm, but I'm supposed to feel bad for you that, you're, yeah. that you opted into a contract for $35 million. You're going to be... Paid more money than God. You live a life of luxury that even like the the wealthiest king in medieval times could not even comprehend and fathom. But you're a victim here. I get it. Riding mopeds through the streets. This is this is just you know honestly like in all situations this is what has soured me over the NBA over the last few years. Mm -hmm. It's like listen like I'm happy to support players across sports because they they are the product and they deserve to get paid what is fair and what is right. You sign a contract though, and like that's it. I'm sorry, like it's 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 obnoxious, it's obscene. Like it's, it's the whole just, point of a player option. It's it's every four months with the NBA. There's some new star whining about not being like not not playing with their best friend or wanting to go to a different. Like God, oh, then don't sign the contract. Right. Like don't. Where uh, where do you think this all started with the NBA? I saw somebody brought up a good point that it started with Shaq. I think Shaq was just bouncing around and was just doing one year rentals. I don't I don't even think it was Well, they said when Shaq 
Oh, like, like gets out of the LA, magic. Gets out of the magic, gets out of LA, goes to Miami. I guess. I, I think I think in some ways, yes. I think in the last like ten years you've seen it much more pronounced where guys are really willing to like push leverage. I don't know why teams are so willing to fold mm-hmm. though. That's what I don't understand. Um like there's listen, do I get it when there's like a guy with a, a year left on his deal and saying, This is where I'm going? You know. Sure. Sure. Like I think that's something for a guy let's, that may not yeah, be back. Right. And it's like in, in some ways that might actually help the team in some mm-hmm. ways because you know, you trade in the trade that deadline, you're probably not getting what you want, or he just walks. And it's not like other leagues where you get like compensatory picks. But there's guys that have like three years, four years demanding these these trades to other play. And it's like I, I don't want to tell you, Damien Lillard, that you don't have a market. That if you're dead set on just Miami, that no. Like, that's the other thing, too, is it's one thing to, like, demand a trade. It's another thing, like, specifically, I am going here. James Harden wants to go to the L.A. Clippers. Well, guess what? The Clippers have nothing to trade. They won't trade Terrence Mann for you. Again, maybe you shouldn't have opted into your player option. I And you want the best of both worlds, where you want your $35 million, but you also want to choose exactly where you want to go and enforce that. Like, I'm sorry, you just just does not work. Welcome that way. to the real world, pal. Honestly, it's just it's exhausting. Like, to me, it's just how is anyone supposed to be a fan of a team when they know at any moment this can happen and it's completely out of the control and it's just, it's such a toxic situation. Like, That's why, why you have this stand culture on social media? Right. Why would I possibly want to invest time in this team when I know that this is a likely outcome? Is is this situation? Like, just I don't know. It's, it's something I think the NBA really has to address because um, I think it's a problem for everyone. This isn't even mm-hmm. just like a Sixers thing. It's, just, it's a problem all across the league where guys forcing their way out. And Kawhi did it. Creating these these terrible situations. I don't yeah. know. It, it does make the NBA almost like unwatchable. Because it's it's like there's just like there's the drama attached to it, which has become just as popular as the game itself. Like if you look like any There's no attachment. Any, right, and it's just – I don't know. It's 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 exhausting. And it's so different from like what we've seen in the NFL over the past few years where like guy gets traded or guy go, leaves in free agency goes to a team. It's it's like a completely different feel and I don't know if it's just because the the rosters in the NBA are smaller so it's like oh it, it gets that much more emphasized that you have this guy, this guy and this guy on your team as opposed to in the NFL where it's like they're only playing half the time because it's offense and defense. So it is a, a very weird thing that I think the next CBA negotiation in the NBA is going to be fascinating. Yeah, we'll see. <laughs> um, Eagles, they are in preseason mode. And uh, it's brought to you by our friends over at Tomahawk Shades, the best small batch eyewear in the game. They have now have an app for you to download in the App Store or Google Play. Uh, and just by downloading the app and opening it up, you can claim a free pair of sunglasses. Simple as that. They also have their warehouse sale going on right now that you can get up to 80% off. That's correct. You heard me right. 80, 80% off with code WARE80 at TomahawkShades.com or in the app. They've got the sunglasses, the blue light plus glasses, prescription lenses, and at any time throughout the year, you can use our promo code USP for 25% off at TomahawkShades.com. Check out the warehouse sale. Download the app, TomahawkShades.com. Eagles have joint practice with the Browns this week, and apparently Deshaun Watson got his feelings hurt, Matt. Wow. That really sucks. Something just... Just rubbed him the wrong way. Yeah, I uh, I can't say on here what I hope happens to him, but uh, 
I just imagine the scene from Predator 2 <laughs> where the Predator is on top of a skyscraper holding a human skull attached to a severed human spine and pumping its chest as lightning strikes across the, the cityscape. Just imagine something. I don't know. Just something like that. That was like the first. That was just a random thought that came to my head. Something like that. But yeah. Good film. Good film. Great film. Danny Glover. Iconic performance. Uh, to see it. Lots of people also putting the, the Howie tinfoil hats on, as as they tend to do this time of year, because the Eagles cleared up a bunch of cap space going into training camp and everything. And a uh, nice little picture of Lane Johnson talking to Miles Garrett. Nice little picture of Jalen Hurts talking to Miles Garrett with a Rita's water ice uh, cup in hand, as Eagles training camp tends to have. I'll tell you what, man. Just like we said, we would love to have Nikki C on the Phillies. I'd love to have Miles Garrett on the Eagles. Oh yeah, of course. Would it, that'd be amazing? <laughs> would <laughs> I like to have one of the best defensive <laughs> players in football? Absolutely. That'd I be- forget. I forget who tweeted. It might have been Jimmy Kemsky. I wanted to get your your thoughts on this. Well, we said. have the next Miles Garrett because we drafted Jalen Carter. So that's very that's true. A good thing. Um, he Jimmy Kemsky, I think, uh, tweeted this. Non-Eagles tweet, he said, I would take Miles Garrett any day of the week over Nick Bosa. I feel like I agree. Um, I think they're in a similar tier. I, I don't know that one is clear of the other, but uh, I think they're in a similar tier. Miles Garrett is very good, so is Nick Bosa. I don't know. For me, that that's that's a tough, that's a tough one. I think I lean... Miles like Miles Garrett hasn't had a significant injury in his career, if I'm remembering correctly. I mean, obviously got suspended for almost decapitating Mason Rudolph, but well, you know what? I think sometimes you got to hear him out. You know, you know. I, I think that's. But it feels like Nick Bosa always gets hurt. That's there's some like significant. Uh, well, Nick Bosa. Am I wrong? Am I thinking Joey Bosa? Yeah, Joey Bosa. Nick Joey's Bosa. The only injury, like, problem season he had was 2020. Uh, he only played two games, so he's played uh, 16, 17, and 16 games outside of that. Um, let's see. He's got uh, – he had 18 and a half sacks last year. Christ. <laughs> 15 and a half the year before, zero in the season, in the, the, the COVID year. He only played two games. And then nine in his rookie year. Insane impact for, for rookie season. Um I'm going to compare him to Miles Garrett. Miles Garrett has been in the league longer. Um, I mean, Miles Garrett is like very consistent too. 16 sacks uh, the last two years, 12, 10, 13 and a half, and seven his rookie year. I think they're, you know, and then there's obviously more that goes into Are they the it, same age? Uh, I believe Garrett is, uh, oh, Jesus. Miles Garrett's 27. I think. I think Bosa is younger by year. He's 25. Okay. Yeah, Miles won't turn 28 until December. So, I don't know. I, I think they're both very good. I think it's hard. It, for me, it's it's hard to It would to, be to interesting say. if you could get Miles Garrett because the Browns, I think, are not going to be very good this year. What about both of them? Let's get both of them. <laughs> <laughs> uh, also, Miles Garrett, you know how pro football reference, pro baseball uh, 
reference and everything, show the nicknames of players. Great nickname for Miles Garrett. I don't think you can give him the first one, which is Superman. I feel like that is kind of dubbed to Cam Newton. Um, but Bigfoot as a defensive end is a great nickname. That is nice. Um, also a great nickname is everybody's preseason darling who might just make a, a huge impact on this team. And turns out, you know, you didn't need to bring C.J. Gardner-Johnson back. Reed Blankenship has been balling out all preseason, all training camp, and uh, Sean Bradley, hopefully he gets healthy. You know, unfortunately, uh, Achilles injury is going to knock him out for the year. Um, Quote tweeted today, calling Reed Blankenship ghost. (laughs) And I think ghost for Reed Blankenship is an elite nickname. But the fact that he's playing as well as he is right now and just taking advantage as an undrafted free agent last year, Stepping into a role this year, knowing that he was probably going to be a starter because C.J. Garner-Johnson left in free agency. Um, I'm excited to see how he kind of just steps into this role and and plays on this defense. New look defense, too, with the new defensive coordinator in Sean Desai. I'm, like, optimistic about Reed Blankenship being, like, a very good player in this defense. Yeah, absolutely. And that is what sustains a good team, too, is finding – you know, late round guys or undrafted guys that can fill in and, and be starters for you. They don't have to be superstars, but if you can find starters, that is really good value. Three interceptions in practice today. Sucks to suck, Deshaun. <laughs> yeah. Um, also, Jalen Hurts signs with Jordan Brand. Says he's been can he get any cooler? He says he's been talking to Michael Jordan a lot, which is uh, a little worried about those conversations, <laughs> I think. But I think overall, probably a positive thing. I don't know if, like, what would be the next step in cool factor for Jalen Hurts? He's already, like... Uh, He started, like, smoking cigarettes or something. (laughs) Just, like, 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 he's just on the sideline just ripping darts. (laughs) That would probably be pretty cool. Um, I don't know. Like, he's arguably coolest player in the NFL right now. And that's all bias aside of him being our quarterback. He's just a cool person you gotta i think if you get like one of those um mcdonald's is doing this a lot too you get like a meal named mm-hmm. after you you do something like that's that. that's the next step yeah you can do something like that i feel like with the eagles with their partnerships he's either got to get like a rita's flavor or a wawa hoagie yeah well, uh schwarber had the the, the schwarber drink, drink. Yeah. so maybe we get something for her it's going i don't know that's the next step i'm pretty sure um last bit here like you mentioned, uh, the union. First time in a long time it feels like they got embarrassed. Um, unfortunately, at home uh, in the League's Cup, they lose 4-1 to, uh, to Messi and Inter-Miami. Um, just kind of feels like the moment got to them, which is rare for them. Um, I would not say it's rare for them. This, is <laughs> this has been a team that has, uh, has failed on the biggest stages a lot. Yeah. I, I but in this a, fashion. Oh, yeah. This is definitely the worst of it, for sure. Like, um, this is the first time it feels like the Union have gotten, like, embarrassed. Yeah. Bad line in a long to, time. Bad line at the start. Not sure what the uh, thought process was there. And topped off with terrible individual performances and focus. Um, 
really not much more to say about that. <laughs> it was a terrible game. I'm sorry that some people paid like $600 to see that. Um, at least you get the Z Messi score. I don't know. Uh, second half performance was a lot better, and I think that's what's frustrating is, you know, after some changes and tactical tweaks that the team played that much better, I think you could have had that from the start and been competitive. And listen, this was a good opportunity for this team to have a shot at a trophy, which they've not had much of over the last few years. And I do worry that this team could be in its most successful era and only have one supporter shield to show for it. Uh, that would suck, but... Um, they, they do seem to have a mentality problem when it comes to, mm-hmm. to big stages. Uh, it felt like maybe they were getting over that in MLS Cup, and then that's one of the worst choke jobs I've ever seen in my life. I, I, I feel like we have not talked about it enough that they threw uh, a, a, a championship away um, in, in a very dramatic way and, and really, really just torched themselves in the penalty. So I don't know. It's, it's a big, uh, big mental blow to face at the stage of the season, and um, especially because, you know, it felt like they were progressing and they got to a semifinal and there's a big stage and yeah, it's just, it's a huge letdown and it's, it's hard to, uh, hard to reconcile that. They, uh, with a win, I believe it is, um, on Saturday in the, the consolation game, they can, uh, secure a spot in the 2024 CONCACAF Champions Cup, um, in your opinion, obviously, MLS play gets back underway on the 20th for this team. Does this get used as kind of a wake-up call? Who knows? I I, th- I think, honestly, like, it, it's, a, it's a bad performance. I think they can move on. But, again, I just I, I do think that this is emblematic of a lot of the problems that the Union has had over the last few seasons. And, that, and I think this is one of the issues with the way they play in general is they are a defensive team. Not just in the way that they set up, but also, I also just think their mentality is defensive in that they, I think the union sometimes play to not lose. Mm-hmm. And I, th- I think that's what gets you in trouble in later stages of tournaments. They've never been like a dot. Like if you look at their playoff history, they're like, look at their run up in the league's cup, two straight rounds on penalties. Like, yeah, I mean, you did it, you know, you got through and there's something to just surviving and advancing, but they've never really impressed. They've never put on like comprehensive wins. Um, in like the latter stages of, of playoffs or tournaments like it and they, they've they've had a habit of just falling short and especially with this group as it is like and that is frustrating and I, I think that's it's a little bit of a red flag for me so maybe it's a wake-up call I don't know but I, I just maybe I think there's something within kind of the mental makeup of this team that might just be I, I don't want to say soft but I just think is has a tendency to fail at these moments and that's very frustrating as a fan yeah, so we'll see if they uh, they can get a dub this weekend to secure that spot for 2024. Um, and then MLS schedule back underway uh, on the 20th for this team against Dallas. So we'll see if the Union can uh, bounce back from an unfortunate uh, performance there. And I saw somebody say, you know, all of Philadelphia finally decides to tune into the Union and they put up that type of game that is the most philadelphian thing ever. absolutely absolutely <laughs> um that's all we got for you guys make sure you're following us on the socials at underground phi twitter instagram facebook tiktok threads all that good stuff at underground phi and facebook.com slash underground sports phi follow matt on twitter at matt castarina follow me at kbizzl311 subscribe to the podcast feed on apple spotify or wherever you get your podcast leave a five-star rating and review 
goes a long way for helping this show continue to grow, helps more people get eyes and ears on Underground Sports Philadelphia as a network. So continue subscribing, continue downloading, and subscribe to the Underground Sports Philadelphia YouTube channel, youtube.com slash at Underground Sports Philadelphia. That's where you get full video episodes of this show twice a week, full video episodes of all of our podcasts on our network, original video content, live streams, clips, shorts, all on our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash at Underground Sports Philadelphia. And uh, go get your merch, phiapparel.co, code underground for 10% off any and all merch orders. And like we have mentioned, this show is presented by the City of Vineland. And whether you're a company looking to expand, relocate, or you're a new business startup, selecting the right location is critical to your success. Vineland, New Jersey offers both an affordable business location and an excellent quality of life. The city's economic development department is a one-stop source for moving your project through the development and approval process, and their goal is to make this process as smooth as possible and to provide the fastest turnaround times in the region. If you are considering potential locations for your operation, contact the Vineland Economic Development Team at 856-794-4100. That's 856-794-4100. Vineland, New Jersey, where it's always growing season. And big thank you to Security 21 Security Systems, and Paul J. Gillespie Incorporated for their continued support of this podcast. This has been episode number 560 of Underground Sports Philadelphia, presented by the City of Vineland. For Matt, I'm KB. Until next time, we're getting the heck up out of here, and we are signing off. Peace. Oh,